Star Wars Therapy, brought to you by General Motors. It's beginning to look a lot like Life Day. Imperial troops at the five and dine. <laughs> Threatening all the time to... Oh, wait. Oh, I forgot the lyrics. <laughs> I had this planned for weeks. There's the, there's the first blaster bolt. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan! Raider! Now then, Itchy, I thought you might like this. One of those, uh, oh, it's a real, it's kind of hard to explain. It's a, uh, wow. Do you know what I mean? I don't got a bit. So, hey, welcome back to Star Wars Therapy. I'm your host, Alex. I'm Caleb. This is the show where we talk about Star Wars. In life. I love that tagline, buddy. Thank that you. Is, I love you know, it's, it. it's a shame. We haven't said it in a few episodes because the past few episodes have been a little bit chaotic in terms of energy. Weirdly enough, this episode, even though we have very chaotic energy at this point, <laughs> because we definitely watched the Star Wars Steven, holiday Steven, uh-huh. you're two and a half. T- nope, I'm looking at the glass. You're three Jack and Cokes into this. What? <laughs> we are going to remain chaotic. What? You're not my dad. You don't know me. You can't judge. Shut up. You don't know me. Oh, he's doing the thing. He's doing the thing right there. <laughs> he's doing the thing. We know he's drunk when he's uh, when he's talking about his dad. We, anyway. No, we know he's drunk when he's trying to act drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know he's drunk when in the middle of playing a drinking game, he stands up and goes, Joe, I don't care if you don't like Dark Knight's <laughs> death metal. I so, think it looks cool. So Highlight fun. of Halloween right so, there. Yeah, so fun fact, uh, I... I, I had a Halloween party a, a few weeks ago. It was and very I, fun. Thank you for inviting us, by the way. Alex the dressed up as life. a gonk droid. It was the drunkest I've ever been to. <laughs> the gonk and droid, I was a gonk droid. The gonk droid was definitely my idea, and I said it in a text message like literally 30 seconds after Alex was like, I don't know what to go as. And I was like, get two storage packages, get some duct tape and some Sharpie. Congratulations, you're drunk, you're a gonk droid. <laughs> Um, and then he start, you started giving me other ideas. Yeah, for it, I was, and I was just like, no, I'm going as a gonk droid. I, I made I up my mind I said something like, you don't have to do that if you but, don't want to. Yeah. And then you were like, no, I'm doing it. But there was maybe like a minute between the time that you gave me the idea and when I was just like, just fully on board. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I know exactly how I'm going to do it. It took me 60 <laughs> seconds of, of, of very, very concentrated deliberation. Um, but no, in that moment, I definitely had a few, a few too many. Thank God it was my house. Um, and I looked at Joe and I said, Joe, I'm going to say it. I don't care that you don't like Dark Knight's death metal. It's good. It's fun and it's stupid. And I like the Batman who laughs and you can get over it. And Completely he looked, he looked genuinely scared. <laughs> yeah, because it came out of nowhere. <laughs> we were all just vibing and then you just stood up and You're towered reason. over him. Over here. <laughs> hey, reason. listen, man. <laughs> The reason you gave for bringing it up is because you had watched our episode of All New 52 where we talked about Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> and I got mad. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of fun fun experiences over the past couple months. Uh, Steven, your band played a show that we went to go see. Yes, Counterfeit. Uh, yeah, we had Friendsgiving. We had uh, Halloween. But I think tonight was our most special night we've shared together. You know, because... Interesting. Uh, it's about family. Um, 
and, it's about family. And, and that's really what's so powerful about it. Uh, what I really loved is that, so we all watched the Star Wars Holiday Special together. Mm. What's really cool is that this is almost a year since we recorded the very idea of Star Wars yeah. therapy, which was the Star Wars Lego Holiday, Holiday Special. Special. And we ended up, um, mostly me, ended up talking about how much I didn't like the sequel trilogy during it. And at this point, kind of all of us were like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker sucked. Well, what's fun, <laughs> what's fun about that one is, of course, we went into it intending to talk about the Lego Holiday Special, which I think we do for a solid three minutes of yeah. that episode. Oh, it's solid. Solid, <laughs> what like, a great 120 three seconds out of that. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it really was uh, reconnecting to like this part of uh, my childhood that was Star Wars that Ben kind of stripped away by uh internet discourse and all that you see what i do love about about what we've been doing though and i i am taking this time to kind of give a little bit of thanks we're recording this the day before thanksgiving so i want to give some thanks is is the fact that like all three of us kind of came from different perspectives about star wars mm-hmm. you know yeah caleb you had lost touch with the force you were very much luke skywalker on your island the... away going i will grow this beard to its most ferocious and then trim for living the movie with the poor goes you're not yeah, wrong for the about por- that yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> and then uh and then alex Drinking was milk from the teat of an animal (laughs) no matter how green it is (laughs) to quote another adam driver uh property only the strong may suckle at mother's teat (laughs) (laughs) and to quote another adam driver property every day i wish you were dead and to Um, quote another adam driver property this is me and francis ha caleb will have to stop watching this movie because it makes him too sad And to quote another Adam Driver property, I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. Thank I'm you. Sorry. That's like the only other thing I know. So, other so, than like, unless you want me to punch that wall. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved is that, you know, Caleb had kind of been removed from Star Wars for a long time. And then Alex always remained positive about it. Like, no, there's always something to love about Star Wars. And me, I kind of came from a very negative perspective where I was like, yeah, Star Wars was great. Uh, now it kind of sucks. But then through doing this podcast, what's really great is that we've gotten to experience so much of Star Wars and so much of life together. That now we celebrate Life Day. Exactly. Together. Life Day, guys. It's Life Day, everyone. Yay. Let's go through a portal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through a portal and wear Snuggies. So where okay, where do we that. start with the Star Wars Holiday Special, well, friends? How much of y'all know the backstory of the Star Wars Holiday Special? All I know is that George Lucas had a very, very insightful quote that said, if I had a hammer big enough <laughs> and I was able to track down every copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special, I would smash every single one. <laughs> Luckily, the internet exists, so now that's literally impossible for him to do. He um, just goes to YouTube and smash smashes the servers. I gotta smash that like button. (laughs) (laughs) He's pissed it removed the dislike ratio. Oh god, no. Now the red lightsaber will never grow. It's just green. It's just all green. Star Wars, of course, was massive in 1977. Yes. Uh Biggest, biggest pop cultural thing up until that point. So, of course, a lot of people wanted to cash in, including, you know, some TV executives who had some ideas about a Star Wars holiday special. So they approached George Lucas. George Lucas was, of course, busy working on The Empire Strikes Back. And so he didn't have time for this. And so what he told them was, what I would really think is cool is I really like Wookiees and I'm not able to do the stuff that I want to do with the Wookiees, but here are 
are like all my notes on them here my notes on Kashyyyk on um, Chewbacca's like lineage and all this stuff if you could incorporate this into that that'd be pretty cool and then he went off to work on uh, Empire Strikes Back now these people have the great idea what is also big in the late 70s cocaine variety shows (laughs) right and cocaine now (laughs) variety shows fueled by cocaine in this holiday special you got two things you got variety you got cocaine much like stephen king's uh books i would say there's variety and a lot of cocaine but they had to figure out how to combine these two things they had to figure out how to combine a variety show with big stars at the time like uh like carney and jefferson starship (laughs) and also the wookies and Larger the Star Wars album, Oscar winning Wookiees. Did you just like? I just pictured the headlining tour. Like, <laughs> check it out. We've got all the stars of the nation: Jefferson Starship, Art Carney, B. Arthur, Wookies. the Wookies. It's like, I'm sorry. Did you mean to say the monkeys? No, no. the Wookies. I like Chewbacca. Yeah, I love Chewbacca. Yeah. Are there any others? Itchy. What about L- his son? L- L- Lumpy. And, uh, wife? and stupid <laughs> anyway. and dopey's back there too <laughs> but you know her as princess leia oh god there it is oh uh, here we go all right i'll get uh, into that later <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh we will have a conversation oh man about yes that we will <laughs> and i feel like every i feel like it, it got to the point where it came out and it, it flopped hard and people hated it it got yes. forgotten about and it was this thing where like occasionally the vhs recording of it would yeah, pop yeah. up and stuff but it wasn't until the internet that people was like hey you remember that thing and then younger star wars fans were like wait what and so i feel like we've gotten to the point where every star wars fan is at least tangentially aware of the star wars yes mm-hmm. very much so there was an episode of the of the network sitcom the goldbergs about the Star Wars holiday special. (laughs) Caleb, all right, I'm going to address this on air real quick. Me and Alex have been able to keep up with most most television shows relative to this podcast, I will say. You know, Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, Mandalorian Season 2, whatever else. But Caleb, as as astute as he is, only watches like... The weirdest shows. Yeah, a TV show (laughs) like every seven millennia. Okay. And he will go, oh, well, I watched The Good Place, and well, I say season three really is where it hit its stride. <laughs> and then you'll be like, X-Men Evolution Season 4. I'm on the rewatch. Yes, Wolverine did, in fact, fight Omega Red. And well, meanwhile, we're getting, we're I, trying to get you okay. to watch I can three. read his face, and the next sentence out of his mouth is, there aren't three seasons of Good Place, right? No, no, there are four. There are <laughs> oh, there four. Are? And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. I thought there was like two. It <laughs> wouldn't be my favorite modern sitcom if it peaked, or like it hit its stride in three. It hits its stride in like episode three. For the audio listeners which is all of you caleb got so mad he put his glasses on his forehead he rubbed his face like I, okay he rubbed his face listen listen steven i do not watch the goldbergs it's not a bad show i've seen a couple episodes because like my dad will watch it and that happened to be one of the episodes i saw okay all right because i thought you were about to be like yeah i'm a big fan of the goldbergs was, and i was gonna be like bad batch it's one season it, it like, actually it actually was kind of a cool episode because the premise is he sees this and then he starts thinking it's like Steven, you am i not too opened up this can of worms oh god it's like, a very very big can of worms of the goldbergs <laughs> no 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 it's like am i too old to now like star wars and he has to like that's like the conflict of the thing because this thing was so bad it's made him like kind of question it. and of course in 1978 you can't go back 
and watch the original Star Wars. It's not shown in theaters anymore. Actually, yeah. in 78, it probably Fair. still would have been. But, you know. But, yeah, so it becomes this really interesting, like, time capsule that's completely separate from what Star Wars is. Well, what's <laughs> a, what's amazing about it is that I think I brought this a very, very briefly among, among the many tangents that we went on in that very first uh, Hot Trash Unlimited. It's so weird for me to think that, like, this was the second ever Star yeah. Wars thing made. Yeah. Oh, like, that's kind of what I was talking about in there. Like, it's like it's crazy how like '77 you have this insane cultural phenomenon, yeah. that like blows everyone's minds, and then it's just like this is what follows it up, and then you have Empire like two years later. Like, like to put it in context, like really think about like if the Marvel Cinematic Universe like came out swinging with Iron Man, and then the next thing was like Iron Man the Christmas Special, or, or like what Ant Man in the Wall. Yeah, Think about- and then immediately they went into like Avengers Endgame where you're just like, oh my God, this is like really good. No, think about the Dune holiday special where instead of learning <laughs> instead of learning about sandworms, Paul Atreides pulls up a hollow book and he starts listening to like a Post Malone performance. <laughs> but I imagine Niniavel and you going like, it has been my lifelong dream to adapt Dune to the big screen. Uh, so now I think that it is time for me to do what I really wanted to do. And then you see a dune like sandworm come up, but it has a Santa hat on. Yeah. Like and Post like Malone's Christmas lights like the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, you are better now. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, yes, that Post Malone, he is my favorite. <laughs> so yes, so the what's what, I think that's the weirdest thing about this special is that it is treated like a variety show. Yeah. And I, I, I think I said this during the, the viewing, but I was like, this is like if Star Wars had a version of like the QVC channel. Mm-hmm. Like where it's just like stuff popping up and like like you're watching they, well, like they do try to sell you something at one point. Like yeah. one, <laughs> one segment is like QVC let us present this thing. One segment is like Julia Childs. One segment is whip 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 stir stir yeah. stir. Yeah. I may or may not be wearing blackface. I may or may not be wearing blackface. Whip whip stir. Yes, I have a third arm. Here's my fourth. So that's what I want to do. The story. I'm sorry. Destiny's reaction to that made me so happy. <laughs> she uh, was just like, "Has that arm been there the whole time?" <laughs> so Caleb's wonderful girlfriend was wa- was watching this with us, and then all of a sudden, uh, oh, Julia Childs is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, just it's, pulls out a third arm, <laughs> full on Dexter Jetster. Just yeah, out of nowhere, it's just full on that. Like her jaw was a gape for a second. I remember, like, what? <laughs> So here's what I'd like to do. Alex, can you give me the quickest rundown on the story? Not the segments, just okay, the story. Just the overall yeah. story. Yeah. Okay, because, I mean, if you're talking overall story, that's like the most basic thing possible. So uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far hey, away. Hey, your name's not Alex, is it? I was giving you the intro crawl, buddy. I was just being the narrator. Okay, but you, you have to be so hostile. You have to, much like the special, you have to reverse the Star Wars. So oh. say Star Wars backwards. Got it. Rats. You could just say Star Wars and I reverse it in editing. <laughs> so now we're already past it. <laughs> anyway, well, first we see Han Solo and Chewbacca flying through some very recycled shots from A New Hope. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> reduce, stars. reuse, recycle. <laughs> I congratulated <laughs> them. 
during the movie for being so so environmentally and economically friendly. Oh, absolutely. It was very economically friendly. You can tell they did not build the cockpit up to the same standard that they did in the first movie. <laughs> I said something like, it's the cockpit from Ed Wood. Yeah. So, like, it's just straight up like two dining room table <laughs> chairs. So so Han and Chewie are talking while, while the Empire is trying to shoot them down and whatnot. Chewie's trying to get home to his family on Kashyyyk for Life Day, which is... The equivalent would be like a Christmas. Well, it would exactly be Christmas because uh, the kid gets a gift at some point. Which very much looks and like it was wrapped like in a Sears, like when they give you the gift wrap option. So we get to Kashyyyk. It centers around the kid and the, the grandpa for a little while. And uh, the Empire shows up. Uh-oh. And... <laughs> The Empire's just there, honestly. <laughs> like, like they're occupying a planet, and they're just, like, walking in like, eh, hey, what's up, guys? Well, it's weird, too, because you get, like, a television broadcast prior to that, like, yeah. hello, we have taken over the planet, and then, like, the Wookiees just kind of go, hmm, and you assume that they're distressed, because there are no subtitles. Uh, they're Wookiees. They're used to being enslaved. <laughs> Listen, Steven, if you're watching this for the first or second or third time i understand not being bothered by the subtitles but if you're like me and this is like your sixth time then like you're plugged in to the subtleties <laughs> of this performance the nuance of the star wars holiday M special subtitles at this you know, point much would like peter jackson's lord of the rings it's like 90 percent of the research you don't even see in the final product so <laughs> if you watched the star wars holiday special appendices <laughs> <laughs> you see here here we get into the complicated part because it's it's hard you're to two minutes you're two minutes into the film and you're like listen here's no, well, no we do because the whole film is just the variety yeah show. we've we've skipped over like three variety segments right now oh, so yeah. we're like at the halfway point oh that's true then chewbacca gets home <laughs> I'll tell you the same thing I, I told you out there. I feel like every time you watch that, the events are in like a set and it just hits shuffle and you can't quite make sense of which one actually happens first. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not remembering this correctly to tell it correctly, look, there's a reason for that. And it's that like is, it is not written well. It's like the Netflix Black <laughs> Mirror movie where it's like, but instead of choices, you didn't make any choices. It just, it just shuffles automatically. And you're like, I didn't sign up for this. I assume we're getting into the variety yes oh, so yes yeah, that's, that's, what, so that's part two all right this episode so it's gonna be the rest of the plot and i'm doing air quotes big air is quotes. okay so the variety show happens for some reason like the empire watches the variety show at some points with the wookies it makes no sense anyway moving on so han and chewie eventually get there they start fighting the empire they kick him out. Do they kill him? I don't remember. I yes. wasn't paying attention. To yes, that. I think what, it's implied. One of them that accidentally they... falls off of the uh, balcony. Oh, he dead. Okay. Oh, he very dead. The <laughs> uh, Wilhelm scream and all. Yeah. So real quick, <laughs> I I do want to ask because I feel like all of us have a favorite. What is our favorite variety? Well, well, we'll get to that. I want to rank them. Okay. I oh, got it. All, all right. Agree. I, we have to do have. We remember everything. Yes. I I I have watched this six times. Say Caleb okay, will be our, our track record. I think we'll just be the color commentary right. for this right, one. That, but, I'm okay with that. But yeah, the that's ending, fine. I'm okay with that. that's fine. The ending <laughs> is the most trippy part of this movie, which is mostly just a suburban setting. But then they decide to go into space 
<laughs> okay, I thought you meant the final location. Was a know, just, I'm like, that's a weird neighborhood. Imagine <laughs> a large a log cabin in the woods. Now imagine a subspace bridge leading you to the monastery of Life Day. One hey of guys, the biggest. I'm go home. I just got to walk through that portal real quick. I'll just one you. second. That's the thing, though. One of the biggest problem conflicts of this movie is that Chewie can't get home because of the the Imperial guards around. But at the end, they all just teleport to this magical space tree. See, and Luke's there, and Leia's there, and R2 and C3PO and are there. And even you were there, Toto. <laughs> the, the, see, you say that he couldn't get home. I say he didn't want to because for some reason, his wonderful life, uh, wonderful wife, Mala, decided to name their stupid son Lumpy. You know that's not his canonical name. That is just his nickname. All right, Caleb. They introduce him as Lumpy. So no, 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 I'm going to say. Read it. Don't read it. No, say yeah. it off the top of your head and pronounce it. What's his canonical name? <laughs> you looked it up 30 minutes ago. Lumpyara. No, it's uh, Lumpy Waru. I think that's actually correct. Want me to, want me to look it I up? I think it's Lumpy Waru. <laughs> it might be Lump Waru, but yeah. Oh, oh! I heard you say Lumpy Wario. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, one. It, it's Wario, no. but he's very, very cancerous. Lumpy Wario. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. And that's the second thing. Lumpy right. Wario. So that's the plot, and I can, I think we all can agree, better than the Rise of Skywalker. Oh well, yeah, because you know, at some point they didn't go. You know, I Life Day just happens. It's just back somehow. <laughs> It's Life Day again. Somehow Life Day has returned. <laughs> How did it happen? I thought we Clowns! wiped out. Oh, I do I have thought a we thought. wiped out the Wookiees. Somehow it's back. Yeah, so so the Wookiees are heavily oppressed in Star Wars canon. Yes. Um, starting, I was not joking when yes. I said they're used to being enslaved. Starting yes. with the yes. yes. takeover. But they have a very nice, and and it looks like the house from like dinosaurs or some like wacky novelty sitcom. Yes, there, very much. Yeah, there's like it's, a, it's the Fraggle CDs. Rock set. Yeah. <laughs> so what did Mala do to earn that level of luxury on Imperial controlled Kashyyyk? Is there a it's reason? Very nice. <laughs> is there a reason Chewie doesn't kiss her at the end and just gives her a hug? Does he have moral problems with how she's getting by in the world? <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting a little too deep for this. <laughs> I don't know how far with the Vietnam allegories he really wanted to go. Lumpy um, has very human eyes. <laughs> Chewy, I just have to tell you something, buddy. Chewy, I've got to tell you something. You're pretty good, kid, when, but uh, I'm better. When you and Luke were palling around with Boba Fett, <laughs> things happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's why that's why Chewie tied him up in that. So, right. <laughs> so real quick, I just want to point this out. So obviously George Lucas was a very was was the visionary of the Star Wars universe. I think he was very much the visionary. I think you needed a lot of people there to focus the vision, um, because otherwise you get the prequels where yep. it's very much like here is everything I've ever thought of, like right now. Did you guys know that originally for Return of the Jedi, he wanted David Lynch, the guy who directed the original Dune and Eraserhead, to direct Return of the Jedi. Did you ever hear about this? No, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so here's the thing. So George Lucas was literally like showing David Lynch around Skywalker Ranch like, these are the Ewoks. Here's what they are. Here are the trees that they live in. You can, you can get one at Build-A-Bear. 
Yeah, do you want a salad? The salad has potatoes in it. I'm sorry. It's potato just, salad. It's, it's just mashed potatoes. <laughs> Some might call it that. Some might call it mashed potatoes. I call it salad. Um, but anyway, essentially he was showing him around Skywalker Ranch and going, I think only you could direct this movie, David Lynch. I really think you're the only one who could do it. And David Lynch himself, after be sh- being shown the teddy bears and the trees mm. and the apparatuses that they would use, he went, nah, I don't really think this is for me. And he said no. David Lynch, the man who would go on to direct Twin Peaks, said no. Alex, what uh, year did Return come out? Are we doing this again where I forget the year? Was it 84? Well, I'm about this. 83. 83? 83, okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Metallica, kill him By all. 83, David Lynch had had two feature films. He had had a Ra- Racerhead, which was his first feature, and then he had Elephant Man, which is by far his most like commercial film. Oh, yeah, but also, wasn't 1982 Dune? No, 19, uh, Dune was 1984. Okay, cool. Okay, got it, got so, it, got it. it makes sense. He's an up-and-coming director. He's clearly creative, but he can also work in a commercial setting. Now, did he ever go back to that commercial setting? No. No. He went. Thank God, no. Far left. I Hard like, left. I like Elephant Man, but I like Blue Velvet more. I was so I'm saying, glad. He, he made a hard right words. on Mulholland Drive. So, <laughs> so that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ooh. he didn't make the holiday special. <laughs> what? Wouldn't that be great if you found out like the third thing to David Lynch ever like fully directed? <laughs> the holiday like special. visionary director David Lynch was like, I really thought Jefferson Starship really added a whole lot. <laughs> All right, so let's start getting into these variety segments. What is the worst? Let's just start at the bottom of the list. What can we all agree is the worst one? Man. I've got my nomination. Well, what's your nomination? I'm curious. The second Harvey Corman sketch where he is giving information on how to build the uh, how to build the soundboard that Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The the one yeah, where he like was... starts touching his forehead and going Whoa! Oh, you're telling me you didn't like the part where you watched a you uh, Wookiee watch a YouTube video? <laughs> Several of them in a row? <laughs> where he needed to learn how to fix something? Uh, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, the one you're talking about, I definitely think is the worst in terms of entertainment. Um, Just because it's not even like funny bad. To give the viewer context in case they have not seen the holiday special. Shame which, on you. By the way, yeah, go watch it's it. on YouTube. It's an hour Pause and a half. this podcast. Thanks. Go watch the holiday Thanks You can get some, some context, baby. To some hero of our nation in 1978 living in Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> recorded this maybe because they thought The Incredible Hulk was coming on. <laughs> Can I just say, too, one of my favorite things about this special, very off off topic, but what I love is that it it starts out, the version we watched, with, yeah, yeah. with The Incredible Hulk will not be shown tonight. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Well, and okay, Lou Ferrigno's green face just right, like, urgh, like right in the middle of it. Wait, did you go to the bathroom? Because they did it again at the end. They did it again? Yeah. yeah it was. Uh, it, oh, it, my gosh. It's the bookends of it yeah, because it like, ended and they were just like, uh, the Incredible Wonder Hulk Woman will return. And the Incredible Hulk will return at the regular scheduled programs next week. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, what I do love about that also is that I'm not sure if y'all noticed this during the, uh, during the animated segment, which we'll talk about, but there is a little watermark for StarWarsTrilogy.com. Yeah, I saw that. Just not sure that existed in 1978. No. I don't think a dot-com existed in 1978. So some other hero has now painstakingly edited this original uh, WHIO 
uh, broadcast with with some internet ripped version of the tale of the faithful Wookiee. Someone cares about quality, so the tutorial is bad. Just yeah, unfunny. Drags this boar festing, you know, down to the ground. Yeah, and for some context, real quick, I, I do want to say that like all of the variety show, show stuff is just Chewbacca's son, who is unfortunately named Lumpy and has very human eyes very um, human very human eyes and just the most expressionless like expressions he's just going like to everything he sounds like if marge simpson was just doped up the whole time like but in the, his the, defense that's what all the wookies do 90 minutes of this it, movie. No, in his defense that's what most people in 1978 were doing so sometimes lumpy has very human sounding laughs and it's disturbing it's <laughs> very very disturbing but the point is like all these varieties show things one of the wookies most of them are lumpy um which is the small one they are watching as this external thing in the star wars universe mm -hmm. so it's lore building that's really what this is about and this is of course canon yes this is of course unfortunately canon so you said the tutorial is is the worst yeah, i yeah. would say in terms of a point i would say the mermaid one is the worst because it's not <laughs> it's not so funny though it's funny but the thing is like half of it is just like they turned on a kaleidoscope for a minute and then they were like "Ooh, yes at least that one has a decent sounding like song that sounds very 60s pop sounds very like it was rejected from the last james bond movie then it has some like doctor who cheap graphics in there i i think it beats out the tutorial just a little bit that's fair that's also fair. the joke of grandpa itchy you'll sure get a wow out of this no yeah he, he straight up he straight up watches an adult film in it's the start asmr but the uh, the not safe for work kind. Yeah, the kind where it's like if you want to leave that job, yank out your headphones. Um, <laughs> so the the point being, so the point being is that Art Carney, Art freaking Carney, is like, hey, Grandpa Itchy, and this guy who looks like he has like you know what they called the Thanos chin. Yeah. yeah, it looks more like what they thought the Thanos chin looked like. So he just is like, <laughs> and then Art Carney's like, hey, why don't you try on this VR hairdresser set? Mm, yeah, uh, why don't you? This. Yeah, get a load of this. And he says to him, he's like, uh, how do I describe it? Uh, I describe it as. Um, uh, wow. Wow. And then he puts it on and honka, then. Honka. Yeah. Honka, honka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I wish we had a soundboard. But the point being is that he describes it like this. And then we go into this entire segment of Grandpa Itchy, which, by the way, I think he's called Itchy for other reasons. But the point being is that he puts on this VR headset. And then this very beautiful African American woman comes on wearing this headdress. She is laying on, on nothing. And she is just going. I find you adorable. And then he rewinds it. I'll tell you the secret. Listen, listen, our boy, veteran of the Kashyyyk Wars, <laughs> at Ichikok. Ground soldier. <laughs> Ground soldier. Grandpa at Ichikok. He deserves a little bit of re relaxation. <laughs> okay, so tutorials at the bottom. We've got Mermaid next. Now, here are the other ones we have to rank. Cirque du Soleil, which is the first one. 
Jefferson Starship. Oh, never mind. Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, is, I don't is like the, Cirque that, du Soleil. That one's worse than the mermaid, mermaid one. Mermaid one? Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate because it's the first one we get to. Yeah. Well, I think it's also just not very entertaining. It's not entertaining. Which sucks because it's Cirque du Soleil and like they are doing cool But Cirque du Soleil works like, when it's big. Yeah, not when it's on a small little hollow table that yeah. they literally play chess on. And you have a very <laughs> small gremlin looking child going every five minutes that someone does something. It also just goes on for like 90 seconds too long well it doesn't like it's a long bit well the thing is too i don't think it's actually long i think just the casio keyboards from hell make it (laughs) make it sound like it's i straight up like the whole time they're straight up like it's just playing in the background it makes me feel like i'm going insane and of course these are holograms on a hollow table yeah so they're translucent, so they're kind of hard to tell. And then, of course, we are watching a rip of a 70s TV. In, so, in full Zack Snyder Justice League aspect ratio. Really, really bad quality. Here, yes. Which just completely loses any personality that these people would be displaying. It's like, imagine... But adds personality to the holiday special itself. Well, I do love Lumpy's reactions. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> lifeless... <laughs> <laughs> He has See, a, that's where he has his couple of lifeless human giggles, which makes me think that they did, in fact, stick a child in the lumpy suit. And I'm never sure. Or that he I mean, was. Didn't they just do what they did with Peter Mayhew and just make a bunch of suits for people? Or, or yes, for me. Because they, they, I actually, they looked, all, up, I actually okay. looked up the actress who played Lumpy. Patty, uh, Patty Maloney. She's not huge by any means, but like she was in the 90s Adams family. She was in Little House on the Prairie. Oh, for like an episode. But, you know, she's kind of one of these actresses who probably was much more talented than uh hollywood let her display through the fair she got fair but lumpy's still creepy yes <laughs> uh the tutorial cirque du soleil mermaid um what goes after the mermaid we saw the animated segment the jefferson starship the cooking segment cooking um for me the b arthur uh, you know part of me i i want to say b arthur just because there's nothing really funny it's kind of it's just boring. There's a boring song about the Empire shut down our bar, so like everyone gets one last round. Uh, you see a bunch of one the more round, my friends. I ain't gonna lie, I did not pay attention to the lyrics, and so that probably speaks to the quality. That's what I'm but, saying. Like, is, is that any time we looked over at our phones during it, it was, was like, all right, this is not a good bit. Cirque du Soleil, I was like, and checking out. Now I was too distracted by the creepy guy constantly hitting on her that like yeah, I did Harvey not Corbin. pick up on the. <laughs> The only notable things about the B. Arthur scene is that, A, B. Arthur. The second thing is that there is a guy who, for some reason, has a mouth but does not drink out of it. Instead, they he went... He has a volcano head. Yeah, he, he has an eighth grade science project for a head. <laughs> and, like, unfortunately, he's like, oh, I gotta pour alcohol on my brain now it just shows, to get the right kind of buzz. It shows that you can come up with a lot of concepts. That doesn't mean you're creative. Yeah, do you, <laughs> do you think George Lucas had more to do with this than he let on? And he was no. like, put the volcano head in there. No, all of George Lucas's bad ideas are better than the best ideas here. That's fair. I'll go to bat for the B. Arthur segment because one, 
be Arthur, even though she is clearly not trying. And by far the person who sticks out the most in this, it's just like, you should not be here. Yeah. <laughs> I know Golden Girls hasn't gone on the air yet and your other TV show just ended, but still, you should not be here. <laughs> it's like when you see James Earl Jones in Exorcist 2 and you go, oh, yeah. not, not this. But <laughs> but like, I still think she has a natural charisma to it that I think kind of works. Also, it's the most Star Wars-y because they're just reusing characters from the canteen. Characters and songs. Yeah. 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 A really big rat puppet that's super cute. The rat made me so happy, I guys. Love the rat. Yeah. Halo 3 rat is in the holiday special before Halo 3 existed. <laughs> Halo 7 confirmed. I'm just saying this was very innovative. It's the first time we saw Kashyyyk. It's the first time we saw Boba Fett. It's the first black character in Star Wars. This walked so that the Halo 3 rats could run. Wow. A sentence I never thought I would hear anyone, let alone Caleb, say. But I'm so glad I heard it. <laughs> All right, so I also really like the cooking segment. Uh, well, the cooking... I think there's one joke in there that's and it's kind of funny. They just keep repeating the it. Whip, and I'm over whip, it. Stir, All whip, right, whip, but stir. yeah. So the cooking segment is. Harvey Carmen and he's doing a Julia Child's impression, but more arms keep happening, and he's he's doing okay, like there's two jokes. He has more arms. Yeah, he keeps doing stuff like too much stuff for Mala to keep up with and following the recipe. So which is worse, cooking or B. Arthur's Cantina? B. Arthur's Cantina because it did not give us any jokes besides Volcano Head. But I will say at least the Julia Child's impression gave us whip. Whipster, 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 whip, whip, whipster. Well, in my favorite line, which I do genuinely laugh at this and think about this occasionally. Come on, now cooking is fun. <laughs> or no, it's cooking can be fun. I say it that actually it has is my favorite moment in the whole thing is when she goes like, yes, I'm cooking the loin of a bantha. And then she just <laughs> drops it on the table. And that it sound, sound effect it is was the, the funniest wettest, thing. It is the wettest sound effect. <laughs> They got the biggest piece of beef tenderloin and just dropped it on plastic. It oh, is man. so wet sound. I, I will say I can I will appeal to the room and put this in third place because I know that y'all two won't want to put it above the last two we have. But for me, it's honestly the funniest thing in the movie. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. So whip, so whip, whip. If it's this very movie, good. If this movie was to succeed, the cooking segment would be what it's like. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think this movie, I think that the cooking segment walked so that this movie could run yeah. <laughs> away from George Lucas with his gigantic hammer. Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm going to get him. Now, we do have two more spots. Which do we want to talk about? First, do we want to talk about... Uh, Jefferson's Starship or the animated segment. So I I will say the animated section probably has more meat to it. Mm. Uh, so let's very briefly go over Jefferson Starship. I think Jefferson Starship is the most 70s thing in this movie. Yes. Mostly because I was like, man, wouldn't this movie be heightened by the use of drugs? <laughs> they try it to hide every other segment in like Star Wars-isms. Yeah. This no, is just Jeff a music video. Yeah, they're just in the regular getup. It is a oh, yeah. black background and it's they are all just like washed out in white and red. What's it's my <laughs> they're thing glow they're literally glowing. It's hilarious. So, so my thing is this is that like the setup for the Jefferson Starship segment is that 
Art Carney, who is visiting the Wookiees to give them a proton pack because they're Ghostbusters, apparently, is that he is telling this Imperial Guard who has now stormed the house, he's like, here, watch this. And he's just like, all right. And then an Imperial Guard sits down and watches an entire Jefferson Starship <laughs> song. And he's like, just chilling there. <laughs> it, imagine it's World War II and he's trying to like smuggle people out of the house. And then he goes to a Nazi and is like, here, watch this, Fräulein. And he's like, okay. And then, like, an entire Pink Floyd song plays. And he's just like, that was interesting. That's the equivalent. And that's why, it, for me, it's under the cooking segment. Because while it is Jefferson Starship, and Jefferson Starship makes good music, and this is a good song, it is so foreign to everything else yeah. happening. <laughs> It's like I accidentally switched the channel to MTV. Yeah, very much. If you got up and walked away and came back, you would probably think that the special ended. Yeah, until it cuts back to the Imperial Guard going, yeah, Jefferson Starship. <laughs> he Is was he vibing. It worked. The plan worked. So, uh, you know, whenever you're trying to smuggle people out of a dangerous situation. Jefferson Starship. Yeah, just have that have that on go on like an old uh, iPod Touch. The last segment, and I think that honestly we will talk about this one as probably the highest because the weirdest thing about this entire segment in my mind is that this is the first ever appearance of Boba Fett. Uh-huh. In... It's actually like kind of chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, anything. Just like, I would I argue <laughs> until, uh, until Mandalorian season two. It is the most competent version of Boba Fett. Yeah, honestly, probably, because in the That's... other ones, it's literally just, I'm going to stand around, fly my ship, take Han Solo, and then get thrown in a pit. I find it so crazy, though, that like this character that spawned not only a show that is coming out soon, as of the time of this recording, not only a spinoff that was a the Mandalorian, not only an entire race of beings within the Star Wars universe was in the freaking holiday special. The person who was the template for the clones. Yeah. Like, the it's... entire crux of, of a galactic conflict was in this stupid piece of garbage. And he really was a background character that they, like, built everything around him. A little bit. <laughs> and... It's kind of crazy. Kind of works for the like uh -huh. the animation is super stylized and super fluid, and it doesn't work when Han Solo opens his. I eyes. was gonna say it, it, to the point where you <laughs> literally can't tell what race Han Solo is supposed to be. So I remember there was... it's it's retroactively offensive to everyone. Yeah. This is this is the thing that I, I as a us. pasty white guy, I'm like, we don't look like that. Okay, there, there was a point where I just said. Is this racist? <laughs> I know he's not supposed to be an Asian stereotype, but why? Why, why did they do this to him? This looks, well, this looks horrible. I, you know it's worse? <laughs> C-3PO blinks in this. Sideways. I like I, you see, I think that it's made up just uh, by his massive hips. Oh yeah, he is very submissive and breedable in that. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you do you <laughs> think animation. that if if they animated the first Star Wars in this way, like the, oh the, I would the, hate it. Well, the, the, the whole movie like so that. The, so the no no no, no. the beginning part and the Jawas subtitles would be like yes C three PO wide hips for easy birth. <laughs> do you think they would say that and then Uncle Ben and like Uncle Ben. <laughs> Then, then, uh, uh, what was Uncle Owen? Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Owen. I told him Uncle Ben. And my 
Uncle, it might as well Uncle be the Owen same is thing. like, all Luke, right, well, we could use this droid. <laughs> Luke, with great power comes great responsibility. With I was going droids. to the Tashi station to pick up the power converters. Listen, with uh, Luke, great power converters. Listen, Luke, with wide hips comes easy birth. Listen, <laughs> Luke, your father lived by a philosophy. Listen, there was something about great power in there. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just channeling the Martin Sheen version. That's why I was going for. So we're on the same page. Responsibility. Right, cool. <laughs> so they they have to video call Han Solo and Chewie because they're on a mission. But uh oh, Chewie has tied up Han Solo and they don't know why. So they send. Oh, we know why. They send Luke and they send C-3PO and they send R2-D2 to go and fix this. And while they're there, they run into Boba Fett, who's like, I can help you out. And so they I go. know why you tied up Han Solo. And he ties up Luke, or he ties up Chewie. He's like, it goes both ways, buddy. Um, <laughs> Sub, meet Dom. <laughs> switch, meet other switch. <laughs> It turns into this whole thing where eventually they realize Boba Fett is working for Darth Vader and they're able to cure the disease that Han has that makes him be tied up for some reason. And then they, they escape. And, but it's animated all right, like very wonky and kind of fluid, but in a it's stylized very of the fun time. way. It's very yeah. of the time. Uh, the, the voice acting's fine. Boba uh, Fett's cool. Uh, the voice acting is fine. However, I will say Harrison Ford is in this, and he sounds like he has melted because <laughs> it's the character well, design. Well, yeah, oh, I because, didn't even think about that. Did he voice act for the? Yes, and the thing is, so he's so, voice acted twice the, in his career. And one was the holidays. There's Wait, one, what was the other thing then. Secret Life of Pets too. <laughs> There's one there's one line in it that I think of, and Caleb, you might be able to find the clip, I don't know. But he, he just says, well, someone must know something. What happened? I don't know. Well, somebody must know something. And he, he sounds like he has, he is a candle that is at its wick's end. Just, well, someone must He's been know at the end of that wick since the 70s, to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, the narration in the first cut of Blade Runner, yeah, he's been pretty melted since then. It's not, like, amazing. It does not hold up in terms of, like, the grand canon of Star Wars animated no. things. But... It yeah. is. It's I was going to say, Jendi Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, just a hair below Tale of the Faithful Wookiee. <laughs> but it does it does stick out as like, wow, okay, somebody put effort into this. Oh, wait, those animators who probably got the script shipped off to them and they didn't have to interact with these crazy people who thought variety show and Star Wars would be a good idea. Yeah. That makes it, sense. They thought, oh, is, cool, seven minutes dare, short. And dare I say, quality part. Yeah. Of the Star Wars special. I, I will say. Like, unironically. Unironically. Actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> of all of the things in the Star Wars special, this is the one of most legitimate quality. Now, in terms of enjoyability, the bad parts are much more enjoyable. Yes. But yeah. if I'm going to be completely, I think if all of us are going to be completely objective, it's like, well, yeah, Tale of the Faithful Wookiee. There's a reason why they took this bit and put it on a Disney plot and not Art Carney and the tale of how I got this this Imperial Guard to watch Jefferson Starship. Well, like, that was a licensing <laughs> thing. Jefferson Starship is... Uh, Jefferson they... Starship, very opposed to Disney+. Plus. Little known fact. I like to imagine that that's his autobiography. <laughs> how I got, Art, how I got an Carney, Imperial how officer I... to watch... By the way, there is straight up <laughs> an Imperial Starship. Guard in this that looks straight up like Ted Lasso. I just want to say... Oh, the porn stash. It's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> 
like it's the most 70s thing i think i've ever seen especially because the chin strap is covering up everything else on his face and he's just like i need your identification papers so our our ranking officially the cooking segment jefferson starship the animated segment boys where are we gonna put carrie fisher's song number one honestly same because That's what I was thinking this entire time. Because a few things. So one of the many things that we brought up very early on, you know, there are a few things that define this special in my mind. One of them, family. Uh, the <laughs> uh, the, the family. second <laughs> one is copious amounts of 70s drugs. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Carrie Fisher at several points during this, if you look at her hand, you can very much tell her coke nails, which... For those of you who don't know, uh, a lot of people in the 70s had very long nails that they would then put some very sweetness into and go, and then they can make it through, you know, their scenes with the bazooka and Blues Brothers. Carrie Fisher did that. Point being is that she is singing this one song, which is over the freaking original John Williams Star Wars score. We celebrate a time of peace. (laughs) Yeah, she, that. she's just hugging on on Peter Mayhew, which, by the way, straight up for this segment, I don't think they could afford enough Wookiee costumes. So they said, oh, God, get them Snuggies. Make them look like children of God. And then let's have them all I, assemble in this line like Phantasm off to this this very foreign planet of, of demons. Black there, screen and one tree. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was there was something I meant to say while we were watching it, and I'm, I'm kind of glad I saved it for this. I like to imagine that in Rise of Skywalker, when you see the, the Sith people in like the stands in the background or whatever it is, <laughs> Oh, no. I like to imagine if you zoom in, that's exactly what they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> because you never see what they look like. <laughs> no. They're just dark shadows in the back, and you can just you can just tell there's a lot. And I wanted to just imagine that they're they're nice little like red life day <laughs> robes. See, see, I wanted to imagine that it was it was all of those, but with uh with the guy who played Palpatine, Ian McDermott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I wanted Ian to imagine Durman. it was just all of his faces, just all on them. He can be in the robes. Yes. yes. Very like, yes, good, I celebrate life day. What you don't know is I'm a very good, good Christian. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus saved us. Let me tell you about my Lord and Savior. I am an apostle. I am powerful, but there is one more ultimate power. Christ. <laughs> Listen, the time is coming. I do not know when, but I know it will be soon. Jesus will come back. Vader! <laughs> Rise, Vader, from the water. Luke is holding You were Vader's... born of only a mother. It is truth! <laughs> Luke is holding Vader's dying body in his arms, and Vader just looks up at him, and he's just like, Hey, Luke. Jesus, man. (laughs) See, now I want to see the scene from God's Not Dead where the evil atheist professor gets hit by a car and then uh, not Owen Wilson gets him to uh, convert to Christianity. I want to see that, but it's Anakin's like burnt out body as the professor and then good old Sheev Palpatine running over. It's like, it's not too late. (laughs) You will be welcomed into the kingdom of God. We just need to follow the Romans' road, for all have sinned (laughs) and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Oh, this is going to be my new Star Wars character that uh, I just live in 24-7 in the back of my mind. What, Palpatine if he was a missionary? <laughs> oh, I'm afraid they've all rejected the truth. He's He would be the kind of person who goes to Dexter Jetster's uh, diner and then tips with one of those $100 bills that says, if you think this is uh, v- valuable, do you value Christ? See, and this is where I, I interject. What is this? Store up not your credits in the banking federation. So we we are agreeing, though, that Carrie Fisher's song, Drugged, out, drugged out of Her Mind. Listen, is, for me, it's always going to be stir whip, stir whip, 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 stir. But oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. The Carrie Fisher song is iconic. It, it's iconic in the sense of I think that demonstrates, A, that no one wanted to be a part of this thing, including Mark Hamill, who definitely had so much makeup on that he looks like a living Ken doll. You mean the guy who just survived a horrendous car crash? Yeah. Yeah, he may not have wanted to be there. Carrie Fisher <laughs> probably didn't know she was there. Harrison Ford? Never wanted to be yeah, there. Yeah, never wanted to be there. <laughs> Harrison Ford's like, kill me off in the second scene. Kenny <laughs> Baker, there but uncredited. Is he? Yeah, at the beginning in the opening credits. They R2-D2 as R2-D2. R2-D2. Oh, yeah, and then they're like, oh, my. Yeah, I think, I think you Mayhew. cried out. You were like, Kenny Baker. Justice for Kenny. Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels get credits. Well, Anthony Daniels shows up in literally anything. So This is all rewatch for us. How yeah. did it play on this rewatch? Whether it's your second or your sixth, I think Alex, it's the I'm, third of what third time I've watched. Mine has been yeah, maybe around third, fourth. I, I it's uh, it's been years in between my rewatches. But uh, Alex, I'm curious with you being the voice of positivity. Oh, this amongst is our okay, but it's wonderful at the same time. <laughs> that's fair. There's a reason that this is a cult classic now, and that's because it is so bizarre, so utterly. stupid stupid and absolutely should not exist that like people love it because it's such a wait i was about to say something that i know you would have to censor just go for it i i haven't censored much this episode okay so. <laughs> it's Language. such a mind <laughs> and i'm trying to come up with a different word from that it's just it feels like that's the only thing i can describe it with yeah i was about to go into like say like the reason why the life day scene at the end is my favorite is because it's kind of this thematic bringing together of everything that's weird about this movie and like not necessarily in the variety form it's just it gives off like that final tone of just like you've made it you're here we have absolutely nothing to do so let's just sing a song dude like (laughs) that's the thing is that this whole thing is like you've made your cake you've whipped you've stirred you've done everything that you can you've put the icing on and then you go no there's something missing song Cherry on top, baby. Cherry on freaking top. And the fact that, like, it's just so easy to look at all of them. And it's just, here you have these characters that you've loved for your whole life. And you're watching them just be drugged out of their mind. Yeah. And just doing this weird, like, culty stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That, that to me, is... so crazy. That's kind of the fascinating thing about watching this so for me on this rewatch i think especially now that you know we we've been doing this podcast for a little bit i've kind of gotten back into star wars i i have a greater appreciation for star wars as of modern day but i've said it before and i'll say it again it's just that when you watch this and you realize 
This was the second ever Star mm -hmm. Wars thing uh -huh. made. Toys had barely gotten out of their plastic molds at this point. It's crazy to me to think that they were still figuring out the identity, they were still figuring out the brand to the point where George Lucas was like, I'm too busy working on the next thing. But because it was so big that they were like, what do we do? Holiday special. And it's like, uh, does this really want, have we figured out enough of the world? Doesn't matter. Are they really trying to define necessarily what the Star Wars universe is? Or is it just how these characters exist within the universe? What do they do for leisure? It weirdly does appeal to the side of me that's like, what do Wookiees do? Like, you know, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I didn't, now that I know, I d wish I didn't. Yeah. So, I wish it was just in my imagination at this point. I find what you're saying very interesting about this. Do you think that this is a, a genuine form of artistic expression? Because for me, it's like, this is a weird cash grab that I, just wound up being amazing in I, just the worst way possible. In, <laughs> and so I think it's a little bit of both. I think that there was definitely a genuine fan of Star Wars in the room that kept trying to like write the ship and mm -hmm. maybe go like, hey, maybe this should be like a slice of life thing with like, what are Chewbacca's people like? But then someone was like, Jefferson Starship said that they would sponsor us. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, God, now we got EMI records behind us. Oh, God. I think it maybe started from a good place, but ended much different. <laughs> Listen, that's, you know, that's a fair assessment. I think that's probably what happened. We I, talk, I get you. We talk a lot on this podcast about we want to see different visions of Star Wars. Yes. We want to see different interpretations. We want to see unique things that break the mold. If this did anything, it was break the mold. Some pieces of art become art not because of how they were made or who made them, but because of their place in culture and history. This is definitely one of those pieces of art. This is the room really, of Star Wars. I was going to say, yeah, this is very much the room of Star Wars where maybe everyone's intentions were good. There were probably a lot of people saying, hey, I don't think this is going to work. But now that it's here, it's here. And, listen, and it's here to stay. We would not get something that was as bold as different as this in Star Wars until Jindy Tukovsky <laughs> took pen to paper yeah. to make the Clone Wars. No, uh, seriously. You're about to say until the last Jedi where all of our expectations were subverted. No, Ryan um, Johnson, genius. Seriously, though, I, I find a comfort in watching this because I've watched it so much and it's so funny and I just feel it's like I'm in on the joke too. I'm not sure if y'all are, but I'm getting pretend like you are and we'll just all be laughing together well, well that's the thing too is that I, I think in regards to to me and alex you know like we we know the the lore and and we appreciate it and so this is just kind of a weird like very sharp blip on the map like yeah. oh yeah you know you can uh, go into the history of the mandalorians you can go into the night brothers you can go into every oh. planet in the galaxy and then you're like if you actually want to place this into the lore, it makes no sense that they are so happy on Kashyyyk yeah, at right? the time. Because right? basically once the Clone Wars ended, Empire occupied that whole thing. Yeah. Enslaved Wookiees like times. killed Mala. like most of the planet. Mala and then they're just names. like chilling, having life day. Like, what's up? Mala named names and got some people executed. Let's just say <laughs> she did some stuff to get them that nice tree house. I do try to show new people this uh, every 
holiday season. I'm running out of people, sadly, because uh, you know, only so many friends, especially if what you do with your friends is show them the Star Wars holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> Finally, another. There were more. Now there's few. But Christmas... <laughs> Weed out the weaklings. You show them the holiday special. But there's also like an intuitive sense to this, because to me, Christmas has always been related to Star Wars. I saw the first Star Wars around Christmas time. Like, I remember watching the first two Star Wars while the Christmas tree was up in the living room. Basically, from that point on, every Christmas, I got a Star Wars gift, whether that was a lightsaber or Legos or a t-shirt or whatever. And then, of course, Force Awakens and uh, the other sequels came out around the holidays. So, to me, it just kind of makes an intuitive sense that there would be a Star Wars holiday special. Seriously, what I will say is that's, you know, it's something that you've said a lot is that Star Wars is for everyone. And I think that that time of the year, no matter what, no matter what you practice, Star Wars was something that didn't have any barriers. And and I think that there is a comfort in that. And I hate to get this metaphysical about, you know, uh, the holiday special, but it's like there's a comfort (laughs) in the fact that. Star Wars went to the trouble of making a holiday special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something about that that's just quirky and funny and kind of stupid that it's comforting in a way. And like, look, at the end of the night, we got to sit back and watch a holiday special and then record a podcast mm-hmm. about it. I think that if that says anything, it's that Star Wars is for everyone. And you know what? If I got that out of this stupid piece of garbage, I'm happy that it got made. You know, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yay. That is that is what winter holidays are all about. Finding the light in darkness. And so from our family to yours here at the Star Wars uh, therapy. Happy Life Day. Or Happy Life Day. Whatever else you celebrate. But, you know, maybe throw a red Snuggie on, walk through the Space Bridge, find Carrie Fisher, and sing a little song. Oh, maybe don't find Carrie Fisher. Guys, thank you for watching this with me. Do you have any final words? Uh, I would like to say to every viewer who has stuck with us since since our beginning episodes, us kind of finding our stride, we are ending 2021 in style. We are ending it in comfort. And you can follow me at uh, Stephen Weeben on uh, on uh, Instagram. It's spelled exactly how you think it is. Alex, would you do you have anything to say? Look, it's just been a wild ride. And I, I it hadn't occurred to me until now that like we've been doing this for about a year now. Right. <laughs> and it's just like I always look forward to this so it's, this Me is like it's like the best part of my month and i'm i'm really i'm really glad i'm glad we do this it's ha- happy life guys yeah happy, happy life. life um i would definitely like to thank you two for uh joining me on this i love doing podcasts which is why i have so many of them <laughs> four um, but like working on five baby <laughs> i mean and i will i will say this to anyone who asks when it comes to recording and when it comes to editing my favorite to do is this because we get sit in a room and we just get like sit back and have conversations that we would have off mic and yeah. be able to make something out of it for other people to join in the fun as well. And then, of course, when I edit back, you know, I, I catch all the jokes that we mi- that I missed the first time around. And it's just a lot of fun to edit, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so thank you all for uh, for being with me. Thank all our listeners. You can find me at Caleb from the real world on Instagram and YouTube. From there, you can find all my other podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah, stick around for all of our cool stuff in 2022. 2022 baby it's happening where we talk about star wars and life there it is wonder woman starring linda carter and incredible hulk starring bill bixby will return at their regular times next friday evening on most of these stations